Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Café Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports, Peter Raschuti. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch, Acadiana. The legend of Evangeline is the Cajun Romeo and Juliet. It's a story that captures the essence of Acadian experience, and it's as romantic as any ever told. The story of Evangeline Parish is equally Cajun. It may be a little more down to earth than the eternal search for love, but then again, if that search includes the love of Boudin and Cracklin, some folks can be as determined as Evangeline herself. Just ask T-Boy. T-Boy is the owner of T-Boy's Boudin Cracklin's T-Boy's Slaughterhouse and Meat Market and T-Boy's Cajun Seasonings. T-Boy is based in Mamou, Louisiana, but for those of you listening outside of Evangeline Parish, you can also find T-Boy's Meats at T-Boy's Boudin Online. T-Boy, welcome out to lunch. How you doing? Good. It's glad to have you here. Now, once you get your meat, one of your favorite methods of preparing it is barbecue. Over 70% of American homes have a grill, which means around 200 million Americans enjoy barbecue. Now that's a huge market, and not just for meat. What's barbecue without barbecue sauce? One of Louisiana's best known and oldest barbecue sauces is from Evangeline Parish. Jack Miller's barbecue sauce started out in 1941 at Jack Miller's American Inn restaurant in Ville Platte. In 1955, Jack Miller bottled his restaurant's sauce, and it soon found its way into stores across the state and beyond the borders of Louisiana. Today, Jack Miller's barbecue sauce is still made in Ville Platte by members of Jack's family, headed up by his son, Kermit. Kermit Miller, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, Peter. Now, I don't have time on the show to introduce you to all the great business people in Evangeline Parish. In fact, we couldn't even fit them here into this spacious room at Cafe V, but we can do the next best thing, and that is introduce you to Tojo Ward. His real name is Dr. William Ward, but everybody calls him Tojo. Tojo is the chairman of the Evangeline Parish Industrial Board, an Evangeline Parish organization that fosters economic development. Tojo, welcome out to lunch. Thank you so much. You do know all the business people in that area, huh? Just about, yes. <laughs> now, the word entrepreneur often brings to mind a 20-year-old kid in Silicon Valley who's either going to be a billionaire or just a, another guy with tattoos. T-Boy, your story is the real definition of entrepreneurial success. In 1995, you started out with a small slaughterhouse. You pretty much taught yourself the meat and butchering business from the ground up. Today, you have a thriving business in Mamou and Eunice. As I mentioned, you also are online. You make a whole line of Cajun meat products. You've got national attention from reputable food critics, and you employ about 30 people. One of the foundations to success that they teach you in business school is to start out with a business plan. T-Boy, did you start out with a plan? I had a plan that um, I was going to go out and work hard and succeed in business. And that enough got you going. That got me going. <laughs> <laughs> Once I got into it, then I realized that uh, I was not trained in business. I was only trained in working hard. <laughs> so and how did you make that switch? Once you start working hard and get the business going, uh, over a period of time, uh, we learned from mistakes and uh, started changing a lot of procedures and, and uh, developing processes that help us uh, to become more profitable. 
and uh, and it has led us in a great great direction. You, you know, got it down now. Oh, you got it down flat <laughs> with the help of the good Lord. <laughs> and uh, maybe some additional staff. Did that help? Yeah, when we first started, we started with my wife, uh, a couple of uh, my kids, my son and my daughter, and uh, two other workers, uh, employees. And we, um, we grew and learned, uh, now we're up to 30 people. Wow. Now, when you, you kept expanding, and a lot of people have goals of expanding, but when they do, they start to maybe lose control, uh, things start to go amiss. Um, how have you been able to keep all these parts together? Well, number one uh, that I always keep in my mind is that I'm there. I try to be one of the first persons there every morning, <laughs> if not every morning, most mornings. And uh, when we're doing uh, hands-on uh, made products like uh, boudin and uh, crackers, there's a lot of ingredients in the boudin. And if you're not there to pass your eye to make sure the employees are putting the freshest of all products, it can change the taste of all your product. Are there secret formulas? We have a few secret formulas, yes. I can't beat those out of you. Well, several, several, several million dollars can get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Retirement money. T-Boy, right. the honest man. They, uh, <clears throat> now, Kermit, you have a product that's so intimately identified with its creator, it can be hard to separate the two. Jack Miller's barbecue sauce has your dad's name right on the product. You can't get much more of an identification than that. Um, you've been able to not only successfully continue your father's business, but you've grown it. You've added a family of Cajun products to join the barbecue sauce, and like your dad, you've now brought your own son into the business. What are the essential business lessons you learned from your dad that you're passing on to your son, and is there anything you've learned the hard way that you definitely don't want to pass on? Oh yeah, that comes with the, that comes with the work. Uh, I was fortunate enough to work with my dad for over 20 years, wow. and the employees that he had had been there 30 years, you know, most of them been there 20, 30 years. So I got to work with them. I got to, I inherited a lot of their work and um, learned from all of them also. But, um, you know, you're going to make mistakes. You just hope you can afford to get past them. Yeah, you just want, don't want to make them the same one again. I guess no, that's the. No, it gets uh, very expensive after a while. Now, it has got to be, particularly the, the history of this business, very fulfilling to have your son in the business. Yes, uh, that was a total surprise. Uh, I have two sons and uh, and a daughter, but he was the uh, the the last on the list that I would have thought <laughs> would have come into it. Uh, he was here at UL and uh, graduated in music, and uh, he was in a local band and they traveled around and they had a good time. He worked here at Cafe V really <laughs> for several years. He worked here and they were good enough to let him go when he needed to uh, to uh, go on tour with the group. For about ten years, he did that. And uh, he came home kind of in between jobs after the band broke up. They were called Frigga Gogo, by the way, <laughs> to refresh some of the members. And uh, he started working with us to make a little sideline money. And the first thing you know, he said, I kind of like doing this. So he's still there as about 11 years now. So <laughs> thank God for that. <laughs> now, what do you, you have the situation where you had the good... The barbecue sauce, I guess, was served in the restaurant. People must have said, I love this stuff. How can I get it at home? And then you've gone out and you've broadened the line. I mean, that must have been a little, a little scary. Yeah, it was. We figured, well, we have a good name, and if we put that name on a product and we have a good product, then hopefully you can extend your line. It didn't quite out, work out as well as we thought it would. Uh, this is back in 1988, 89, that we came out with our uh, our 
Cajun seasoning mix. You did it right during the oil town turn. That was a yeah. Tough it was a bad time to do it. And then uh, also, uh, my dad used to make a uh, uh, what he called a cocktail sauce in the restaurant. Yep. He put over the shrimp cocktail, and uh, we call it a dipping cocktail sauce to give it a little bit more variety. And um, that both of them have done fairly well. The seasoning does probably more sales than the uh, cocktail dipping sauce. But, of course, the barbecue sauce is our flagship, so we stick to that. Now you've got this young guy with you like you were. Mm. He's probably got some own his own ideas. Yeah, uh, we butt heads every once in a while, <laughs> but uh, all for the good. Yep. And, I, and like my dad told me, he said, son, you're in my retirement. He says, I don't have any money put away to retire. <laughs> so he said, I need, to, I need to keep collecting a check, so you have to work for both of us. <laughs> and he's kind of in that same situation. But he does allow me to come in work early in the morning and work a few hours a day. So... Uh, you know, like I cut my hours back to about eight a day, so it's better than it used to be. Wow. So he, uh, he, he kind of absorbs all the headaches now, so that's great for me. I enjoy that. So it's like, kid, not to put a lot of pressure on you, but you're... Yeah. You're <laughs> so I kind of just let him do now. It helps me out, so... <laughs> now, Tojo, Evangeline Parish is different from probably any other place in America. It's a collection of small towns ranging in size from a few hundred to almost 10,000. In this kind of situation, Economic development can mean very different things to different people, as radically different as being seen as something essential or something that's going to ruin a town and take away a way of life. How do you balance these positions, and how do you grow a business in the parish, retain what's special and rural about it, and keep everybody happy? Well, with the formation of the, uh, the industrial board back in 2005, we, uh, uh, we certified a site in, in our industrial park and that site was theoretically to attract a big business, uh, like uh, some of the businesses we have already in manufacturing, like Cameron Ironworks, uh, Cabot, that type of thing. But a lot of people lost focus of what is equally important in economic development in Vanishon Parish, and that is expanding and sustaining the businesses that we already have in the parish. Yeah. Uh, we probably spend more time doing that than we do uh, uh, trying to attract a big business because that's uh, that's going to come in time because of the site. We have one of uh, only four certified sites in the Acadiana region, which is a nine parish region. And when I say uh, a certified site, that means that that site is truly, actually shovel ready. And companies looking to come to the parish or looking for a site to either expand or uh, uh, initiate something new, uh, don't want to wait two years for the, all of the, uh, the uh, process of going through getting a site ready for expansion. You mentioned the most interesting thing. I mean, in economic development, everybody's talking about, you know, the new company you've landed or whatever, but T-Boy and Kermit are... They are two of the, uh, the flagship uh, examples of existing businesses that are successful, and uh, we as economic developers want to make sure that they remain successful and actually expand. Uh, that's that's e essential to economic development, especially, as you say, in a rural community. Yeah, they, and, and uh, what kind of doctor are you, by the way? Well, I'm a retired dentist. 
Really? Yes, yes. Does that help at all in doing, like, getting companies to move here is like pulling teeth or? Well, you <laughs> <laughs> can never tell. Uh, <laughs> it's probably more difficult than pulling teeth. <laughs> but uh, it's something uh, that I've enjoyed since my retirement uh, from my profession. Uh, otherwise, I'd, I'd probably be a certified couch potato by now. But uh, <laughs> thank goodness uh, that opportunity arose and I, I seized upon it. And I really enjoy working with it. There's a lot of dynamic people. And we've done... I think a lot of good for the parish this far. And but he, he's been a godsend for the, for the parish, I promise you. Yeah. Yeah. That is great. They, and, and when, you, when you're trying to attract new businesses, what is it? I guess are they all different, or is there something they're all looking for? Or? Well, you know, they have a list of criteria that they require before they even uh, consider coming to a particular site. And uh, it's not, I was, I was uh, t telling uh, uh, T-Boy this a while ago, it's not so much what you have, uh, it's what you don't have. Uh, it's such a competitive process that if you're lacking one of the criteria, that poor, pretty much puts you out of the race. But fortunately, uh, we've had several inquiries to, uh, to uh, the site here in, in, uh, in Evangeline Parish and uh, quite a bit more than we used to get. Uh, we're affiliated now with uh, One Acadiana, which is our yeah, nine right. parish um, economic uh, uh, regional uh, presence. So we're getting a lot, more in, in, uh, a lot more inquiries as to the site and a lot more interest in Evangelion Parish. I guess a couple of months ago it, it closed, but Slumberger bought Cameron. They did. So you probably kind of went to Cameron when that was going on and just or went to the Slumberger the new owner absolutely we met with uh, with uh, the people at Cameron Evangelion Parish and they're looking to uh, do an expansion an 80,000 square foot warehouse expansion that's uh, wow. in conjunction with Slumberjay. so you know thank goodness uh, we can assist in that process but uh, we get called upon to do different things in the parish I don't tell you most oil stores are going yeah, the other right. way that that's is right. uh, they and then, how do you get the word out about Evangeline Parish outside? I mean, it's, there, I guess there's trade journals, things like that, or? We, uh, we're on several uh, local websites, regional websites, state websites, n national and international websites through the site selectors uh, that we associate with uh, uh, on a yearly basis. We, we attend that conference and um, so if a person is interested potentially in, in, a, in a site, uh, they basically, all they have to do is go to a website. We have GIS coverage in, in the parish, mm -hmm. uh, and they can find out a terrific amount. And of course, then that starts the process. They usually uh, uh, will contact uh, Louisiana Economic Development, and they in turn will, uh, will contact our regional economic development, which is one of Katyana now. And then, then it filters down to us yes. as, as far as the specific request for information. Now, you other two guys, Kermit and T-Boy, I've got to ask you, it, it's so much of what you're doing is based on taste. Do you have super-duper taste buds? Is that why you're better than other people? <laughs> or, uh, we just work hard. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, uh, we were fortunate enough to have a good product from the beginning, and we work extra hard to keep it that way. And, and it's not the least expensive way to do it. Is but tasting part of that? Uh, yeah, we make sure that it tastes the way it's supposed to. That's uh, yeah. when you get up early in the morning. That's guy kind of kind of thing. Know. And T-Boy, you've got uh, a wide variety of products here. I mean, how do you? you we, we joked about secret ingredients, but um, how do you know that you're 
you've, you've got it right. Is it all customer feedback or are you doing something at the facility? Well, what we did is you talked about tasting. Uh, we spent a lot of time, a lot of hours, a lot of um, preparing different uh, recipes and all my neighbors, kin folks, um, anyone <laughs> I knew got tired of tasting until we finally got it right. And once we hit it right, you know, in a small community like Mamu, we have a lot of friends. You know, I was a, a, a volunteer fireman. I'd bring samples to the fireman meetings. Uh, so we pretty much touched almost everybody in the town of Mamu until we figured out what they liked and what we thought was the best recipe for our boudins, which we're mostly famous for, you know, um, beside the other smoke products and, and so forth. And uh, so we did a lot of tasting, and once we perfected it, we have not changed anything and will not change anything, you know. Some will say, well, you know, you, maybe you could put a little more spice, and some yeah. of the older people might say, well, you need a little less. Well, what we did is we made some that's hotter, and we made some with less seasoning, but we keep the original, the traditional one, original. I've been very blessed with, once I go to the Boudin contest here in Lafayette in October, uh, five years in a row they've had an opportunity to taste mine, and I've been uh, very blessed to win it five years in a row. Whoa. People's cool. choice. That's a good one. Wow. Time. Some pretty stiff competition. That's, that's great. With some stiff that's got to say something. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A lot of, yeah. There, there is a lot of good boudin out there. A lot. Yeah. So we're very proud of that. But you know, one thing I want to ask you, Kermit, is that you particular is shelf space in these stores. It is, um, you're going against really big boys. Uh, I can, do do I can always find uh, my customers cause, uh, in, the, in the grocery store because their knees are dusty. <laughs> they, they have to get down on their knees at the bottom shelf to find the product. But at least we're in the store, so yeah. we try to keep a space there. Uh, we sell to distributors and wholesalers, so you know we're fortunate where our brokers go in and they try to make sure that we're where we're supposed to be. And uh, some one day you'll go in and uh, one of the distributors might come in and have some other products uh, that is encroached on the, on the area that he's allowed, and then they push it back and put out, and then he might take a little bit of their space, and it goes back and forth. <laughs> you know, uh, some of the companies, uh, you walk and you see everything right in the middle of the aisle, you know, that costs them an awful lot of and money. And those kind of the, the big names that we're oh, yeah, thinking of, yeah. yeah. Well, that's national brands, <laughs> yeah. you know, they you have know, a lot of incentives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting about T-Boy's business is that he's one of the one of the dying breed of the slaughterhouse uh, in existence. We used to have, how many slaughterhouses oh, yeah. we used to every, have in Banjo Paris? I think it was in the 20s. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. are you down to the last one? I am the last one in the Banjo Paris. Wow. It's, just, it's just like the, uh, the full service gas station yeah. they're yeah. going by the wayside. Yeah. But the uh, more regulations they get, the, m the more they yeah. drop that, out. That's yeah. a big you know, thing one, of them out. one of the things that, I, that that's important to uh, all of my products is that uh, being a slaughterhouse because of the fact that they asked me, well, what type of meats do you put or where do you get your meats from? What trucking company does it come in from? And it does not. I buy from local feedlots uh, for my calves and my hogs. And when I make my products, you know, they're made mostly out of the products that I slaughter myself. So we know the age of it, the quality right. of the product, and making sure that we keep top quality. And that's and the way things are going, people are asking more of those questions. So uh, they want to know that origin. Yeah, they, yeah. It, it, there well, is was a he trend. happy yeah. as before he died? Yeah. Yes, they. there's a trend out there for uh, regular fed animals instead mm -hmm. of all these uh, high uh, high energy, high protein, and, and um, 
there there is a, a trend of getting uh, keeping fit natural. animals right. without all the steroids and all that. And and steroids need that. to stay where they belong in baseball players. Yeah. 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 Where they pay the good money. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. it's time to do the checklist, a little part <laughs> of the show where we take a break and ask you a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a on a loan application. Um, I told you I'll start with you. Uh, what were your career plans when you were in college? Well, my clear plans in college were the same clear plans I had in high school and elementary school. <laughs> Which was girls? <laughs> Which was, <laughs> in addition to girls. Uh, you know, I always wanted to be a dentist. I literally grew up in a dental office in, uh, in Mamou, Louisiana. Your dad was a dentist? Well, or? no. Uh, my, uh, my grandfather of sorts was uh, a oh, dentist. Oh, okay. Uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Clovis Melanson, they Clovis. better known in, in Mamou and, and Vangelis Parish as Doc Yak. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a real Cajun name. Yeah. That, that is. Yeah. That. And he was the only dentist in Mamou for 45 <laughs> years. And my grandmother worked for him. He was the best friend of my uh, deceased grandfather. And uh, <laughs> I'd go by the office just about every day. So I never ever, and I can really say this in truth, I can never ever say that I thought about being anything else but a dentist. Uh, I know a lot of kids today, mine included, have changed their, <laughs> their uh, <laughs> uh, college path probably three times. But uh, as far as for myself, I always wanted to be a dentist, and that's the way it turned out. T-Boy, what was your first job, very first job? <clears throat> very first job uh, was the same one that I was raised with. And it was farming. Uh, we were nine uh, kids in the family. A lot of farmers. And <laughs> yes, so, so we all took a part in help raising ourselves. With my father was a farmer, uh, school bus driver, and uh, a police drawer. And, and uh, my mom took care of nine kids, so that was four jobs in itself. But they raised us. They raised us to work hard and to help take care of ourselves. That's how you raise large families. You didn't go for government assistance. You went and taught your kids how to work and help raise themselves. And so the first job when I did I eventually leave the farm, I went to work for another farmer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Some left the Something farm, went to Paris. To do, huh? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> now, Kermit, what yeah. really drives your business? Mostly the weather. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's very, very sensitive to the weather conditions, especially in our prime months, which is usually April, May, June, or March, April, May, and June. Last year it was super hot. This year it's nice and cool and comfortable. So it makes a difference in sales. People want to get out and cook and be outside and enjoy the springtime weather. So if Until it gets it too hot, they oh don't Oh yeah, barbecue. when it gets to July and August, we just we, we go on vacation or do something else. And then the winter? Winter's not too bad, not as too long bad, as though. it's not raining. But if, you know, the cold is okay, but the cold and the rain together is not good at all. So that pretty much drives, of course the economy drives it too. We're finding that out right now. But uh, we've been through some of the rough times, and people are still going to get out and celebrate and barbecue. They have baptisms and funerals and uh, weddings. Well, weddings and funerals are pretty close. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all the different celebrations you have, confirmation around here and, you know, just all these things. They're going to get out and barbecue. When we call someone to come over to our home, we don't call them and say, would you like to come over for a visit? No. We invite people over and say, you want to come over? We're cooking. Yep. And uh, sipping a few. So when they say, what you cooking? So that's the big topic, you know. Yeah. And we're talking about cookouts yeah. like barbecues and, and so forth. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's just a natural thing for us. <laughs> so you picked and the right you, part of you, the country to start this business well, in. <laughs> during the holidays, 
uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, Easter, when you, all the kids come over and all the families together, you know, you're going to feed them the gumbo the first night they get there because they all come at different times, and that's something fairly easy. Then you're going to do the traditional dinner, whatever it is, for that particular occasion. Well, you still got them hanging around for a couple of days, so you go out and you get some barbecue meat and you throw it on the pit and, and you know, sit outside and drink beer and watch the ball games or whatever and get out of the house. So, you know, it, we, we find our little spot in there somewhere. That's amazing how he describes it to yeah. the T and, yeah. and uh, for every family around the area, most families. Yeah. It's amazing. In a global yeah. economy, in a world hooked up by the internet, it's easier to find stories about business success in San Francisco or Shanghai than it is to learn about what's going on in our own backyard, and that's why we make this show. Um, T-Boy, Kermit Miller, Tojo Ward, I could go anywhere in the world and not meet three more interesting or successful entrepreneurs and business builders than you three gentlemen from right here in Evangeline Parish. Thanks so much for taking the time to come over to Lafayette and join me for Out to Lunch. Thank you, Peter. Thank, Thank you for having us. Thanks, guys. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been T-Boy, owner of T-Boy's Slaughterhouse and Meat Market, T-Boy's Boudin and Cracklins, T-Boy's Online. Kermit Miller, owner and CEO of Jack Miller's Barbecue Sauce and American Inn Incorporated, and Tojo Ward, chairman of the Evangeline Parish Industrial Board. You can find out more about T-Boy's meats, Kermit's successes, and Tojo's big picture for Evangeline Parish by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe V is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Matthew Ellison is our researcher. Our theme song, on Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Pratos from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. If you want to find out what we all look like, sort of a team photo, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. These photos were taken by Gwen O'Quinn. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's acadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Calise Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette offers a complimentary airport shuttle within a three-mile radius, reaching downtown, shopping, and local restaurants. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the one Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Cafe Vermilionville for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.